I'd say uh, when people take follow your passion too literally, I think is like, because you should follow your passion in the sense that you should do what brings you joy and, you know, stuff like that. But let's just say that there's certain unglamorous tasks that you may not be passionate about, but are absolutely essential to getting anything done. Like, I mean, maybe you're a football player and you you love scoring goals, but, you know, that's your passion. But you can't do that if you're unable to run eight kilometers a game. If, if you don't have chemistry with your teammates, if you're not putting in the hard work at the training pitch, like these are unglamorous things that you may not be excited about, but essential to doing what it is that you actually love. Hello and welcome to the Success with Savita podcast, where we share hot tips on how to do life and business without losing your mind. I'm your host, Savita Nanjapa, entrepreneur, high-achieving 9 to 5 turned transformational success coach, helping you create a wildly successful business. Come hang out with me and other fabulous humans like you every week for stories and chats packed with a healthy dose of tips, resources, how-tos and real talk. Side effects may include a happier and more confident you with each passing day. Hi, and welcome to the latest episode on the Success with Savita podcast. Joining me today is Arjun Rastogi, who is the co-founder of Nagin. Nagin is one of India's leading food brands, and they're really popular for their sauce called aptly Nagin Sauce. Arjun is an experienced business owner with a strong background in finance, operational planning, digital marketing, and brand strategy. He began his career with stints at multinational financial services and accounting firms in the US, such as BlackRock and EY, working across a variety of roles, including data integrity, pricing, management, and tax consulting. After moving back to India in 2010, he founded Skarma and DoubleThink Media, both new age digital marketing and branding agencies, where he was creating IPs from idea through execution while helping build some of India's largest and most recognizable brands. Arjun has a strong passion for building businesses. As a lifelong hot sauce enthusiast and pepperhead, he was delighted to take the opportunity to combine his passions and create a global hot sauce story right here in India with Nagin. And for the first time on the Success with Savita podcast, we have food brand and we are going to be decoding the growth story of Nagin here. Join me as I talk to Arjun. Hi, and welcome to the Success with Savita podcast, Arjun. I'm super excited to have you here because you're my first food brand that I'm speaking to. But over and above that, I have, I'm a fan of Bollywood and I'm convinced Nagin has a Bollywood connection. So with that, welcome and thank you for taking the time to be here with us today. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on. This is super fun and looking forward to getting into some fun conversations over the next hour. Yeah. So my first question, and I want to dive right in. I know that I'm still convinced that Nagin has a Bollywood name. But before we go into the name, uh, you've had a very unusual journey and uh, I would like to hear your story and what made, how did you and your co-founders start Nagin? What was the story there? Yeah. So we actually have, you'll hear a slightly different version uh, depending on which one of the three of us you talk to. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you how it played out from my side. So I, a little bit about my background, I uh, graduated in 2008 and was working in finance and then basically spent the last, you know, the, the entire 2010s for the most part running uh, 
agencies, so like digital marketing, graphic design, uh, and content creation sort of um, companies, uh, creatively inclined in general. And then this opportunity sort of uh, came up, you know, uh, in 2018. So the way this, so what actually happened is my partner at uh, marketing firm that we're running was Shitaj, and Mikhail and Shitaj actually knew each other from high school. As it turns out, my first agency actually did some of the branding work for Mikhail's pizza brand. So there's like all these fun little connections between the three of us. But Shitaj and Mikhail actually met and, you know, just caught up after a little while and, you know, just started discussing about, you know, like work and prospects. And, you know, one thing led to another from food content conversations to an active conversation. The you know, like working on a product, you know, and, and when, you know, so Shitaj kind of put that over to me, he's like, do you want to meet someone about this? I was like, yeah, of course, like, this sounds great. Three of us met, three of us absolutely hit it off in the sense that we all had very clear ideas of what we could do. And it turns, having never had this conversation before, we all had very similar ideas of how you would kind of go about this. And I think that's one of the, the fun things is, you know, like everyone wants the same thing, but it's like, do you have the same idea of like how you want to do it? You know, and because there was so much like, you know, overlap and consistency between the all the way all of us thought, we just said, look, this is, this is something we should really, you know, get into. And uh, soon after that, we got into product development, some packaging work, some branding work, and then, you know, we were off to the races and that was kind of how it began. So, I, I love to say it was all mine, but like, no, it actually came to me from, from my other two partners at the initial stage. And yeah, it's just been a superbly fun journey right from day one, literally, because I wasn't expecting to start the conversation with, hey, do you want to get into hot sauce? <laughs> that was, that was interesting. Yeah. Okay. And also interesting because you come from this agency, this marketing background nothing to do with food and then you kind of you know get into this so it's possible for everyone to kind of just you know you think you have to stay in your lane like we say what's in a name but how did it's such great recall so how did you all come up with Nagin? So Mikhail actually I'll give credit to he had this moment where he was just sort of like watching TV IPL or something and he's watching some of the cricketers celebrate with like a Nagin dance after taking like a wicket and <laughs> he, he was just like, that sounds like something that should exist in the world is a Nagin sauce. And he just sort of like penned that down for like for future reference. And then as luck would have it, months later, he finally found two people who absolutely, you know, heard it and said, that's not crazy. So that was definitely the start. I mean, I think it was a, a little, I mean, you had you to think about it for a minute. It, it, it's not your average name. So we had to be sure that it had a good sort of fit with everything that we are trying to do. And I think it really captured the essence of what we're trying to do. You mentioned Sri Devi, and that's definitely a part of it. I mean, Nagin, like the word or the idea, the theme is, is so intrinsically Indian. It's so associated with like fun. And I think that's sort of what we were kind of trying to do as well. We're looking to do an Indian hot sauce. I mean, we're not selling medical equipment. So the idea is to have a little bit of fun maybe with what you're doing as well. We're championing Indian chilies, local ingredients. So the whole intrinsically Indian feel just felt right. 
and yeah like it, 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 you mentioned that it's uh, memorable i think that's definitely one of the benefits of of a name like this but yeah like it, it also just fit the product i mean as you say like saap dasta hai and the sauce has a little bite because it's a chili sauce so on so many levels it just it just felt like it worked and you know we just decided to take the take the leap of faith but i like all the other names as well so i think it just goes with the theme there's kanta there's bhoot and everything feels like you're really downing very spicy sauce so yeah i think a great choice of name and i think it goes so much with your product line but moving on i want to ask you okay you guys decide to get together start this brand put together this product what were some challenges that you had around not just the choice of product but around like product formulation and going back and forth around challenges i mean i hope you got a couple of hours for this no i i no i'm kidding i i i think the main one was what we wanted to do we didn't feel really existed in the market you have like your very generic level red and green chili sauces which doesn't tell you about the flavor it doesn't really tell you about like the chili it's just as generic as they come in fact people care so little about the flavor that they've literally called it by you know named it by the color and then you have a whole bunch of these international versions which are super well known like the tabascos like a mexican chili from an american company making like pepper water vinegar based sauces and that's doing well here like or was doing well here so we just didn't understand how that flavor profile could be as friendly to indian food as a purely you know in a product imagined with the indian consumer in mind so if sriracha you associate with like sort of like an uh, an asian flavor but you feel like it might work well with like rice or noodles we wanted to make something that works with bhajia or like dal rice but also something you can enjoy with like home favorites like that cheese toast or, or something like that so we wanted it to be something that just works for people and that meant taking a slightly different approach towards coming up with the flavors now the fun part in this is It, it wasn't like we had a target to aim at, in the sense that the category wasn't formed as such. Where it's like, okay, this is exactly what people do, and like this is what the flavor expectation is from the customer. There was no expectation, so we had pretty much a free reign in terms of interpreting how we felt the sauces could be or should be. We decided to go with a Sankeshwari chili from Maharashtra. understated we are also you know bombay based maharashtra based so we felt that that was a good connect our chef was super comfortable and you know with the chili and he's known about it for a while it was nice slow release of flavor and then the bujjaloka is obviously maybe the world's most popular chili and definitely has so much indian cachet that we just felt for the real spice lovers out there we had to do something on the really spicy end so we knew the starting points were those but the flavor sort of like developed along the way we definitely made scores of sauces like i mean maybe even close to 100 maybe even past 100 but probably at least 70 80 versions of the sauce before we finally decided look these are the two that we absolutely love and this is what we should go ahead with but yeah narrowing down and making final decision and who are the taste testers it should be it should be not easy but it weirdly it turned, or maybe not weirdly it just turned out to be a very smooth process like i think one of the things one of my first lessons moving from like say 
service industry by and large to the food side is you can have similarly you know, like just an an objective everyone likes this you know and and sure food is subjective but there's some things that are just good and like everyone loves it and we saw that in you know the test that people did you know like you saw, you'd see like the eyes widen you'd see like the smile creep up and you're like okay cool like that's the that's the reaction you wanted to get and yeah that was it was surprisingly easy to finalize on the version but along the way when you first got like five directions to go in yeah it was definitely a question on how you kind of play that out you go with like a fruity style you go with something else like but but the consensus seemed to work out quite positively and yeah i think we all just love the same things that was another really good positive early yeah but although i don't think that when you have the sauce anyone smiling it's more like your eyes widen and your tears maybe uh, on the spices yeah that definitely the booth can have that effect of people who are like not so spicing client but the original is really you know like mild to medium very family friendly kanta bomb is somewhere in between so we try to come up with a little bit of something for everyone yeah you can tolerate it i've tasted it so i can say it is i can tolerate but i'm south indian and of course our uh, taste level of you know toleration for chili is i think higher i'm not sure but yeah so now you have this product moving on and you narrow down and you said this is it what came next what was your go to market i think the idea was to get more early feedback from from people but people who weren't necessarily say part of the process sometimes you get attached to things when you're doing it yourself or you know like i don't know how much of my family's input i want to take because they're predisposed to wanting to be positive about stuff you know like yeah and maybe sometimes what you need is a brutal you know sort of assessment from like a third party with like no vested interest or anything like that and i think what we decided to do is we we participated in a beer festival in 2019 earlier in the year and there was like a little market with a whole bunch of new products so we we just got a stall there and we we tried to get a whole bunch of samples and that was maybe the most honestly one of the most gratifying but also informative experiences for us to have early because we tweak the products like quite a bit between that time to the eventual launch going with the feedback that we got from folks so that was like super helpful that early feedback definitely helps like i suppose in tech you refer to it as like the mvp uh but but in this case we were a little further down the road but it was really good to be able to get those insights it just helps along the way okay so you had that and you know i hear this from quite a few brands that they go to and they talk to consumers of course what happened next was covid right <laughs> so how did you kind of navigate through it and then go the online route how how was that experience the experience i mean it clearly there was something no one saw coming it was like one of those challenges that you you kind of learn from your peers a little bit because you see left and right of you like what are people doing what are they able to mobilize at a time of like you know extreme you know confusion and then online is what sort of picked up first of all these reasons and then we were kind of in that position where we're like okay cool this is great because we're i mean in the sense that it's a having a food brand in the pandemic is not maybe the worst thing in the world yet at the same time 
you don't really sit and guzzle down like you know tons of hot sauce all by itself like it's a pairing product and you got to get people to try it and the last thing you could do is go to someone and say like you know could you please put down your mask I'd like to I'd like <laughs> like you to try something so we had to get a little creative on the marketing side we had to get creative with uh content and sort of show what the experience was like you know or verse like see the versatility of the product like use cases and stuff like that so i think you you just automatically start finding different things that you can try and highlight when the one sensory sort of thing that you you can't do like you got to navigate around it so luckily people were in a super experimental mood at the time and yeah like and people sort of just loved the product from there and gave us tons of feedback which we eventually converted into more products so just one you know like really you know an an exercise that like you try and make the more the best of what you know the chips that you're kind of given so no pun intended yeah so i want to ask you here did you like did you plan to go online or uh, the plan was to go just into stores into retail into distribution Yeah the plan absolutely from day 1 was to go online we 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 first launched on our website soon we got on to amazon and then from there at the you know at the best pace that we could we kind of started to talk to the neighborhood stores and stuff like that this was just before covid so that got a little more complicated over time and then you know but in the early days it was just more about like trying to connect with your local shop and just kind of getting him to take a punt take a chance like you hear no a lot but that's okay like i think that's just part of the starting startup experience yeah true and i had to ask this question because we are talking about sauce so what's the secret sauce for the popularity and growth of nagin uh, according to you i think by and large like a lot of what's happening in the grocery aisles and this is sort of what we noticed when we were doing like the pre-launch research you know for for the companies we just noticed that there were largely the same products but just made by different companies with different packaging different price points but it's the same flavors it's the same four or five things it's the same items everywhere and we just said look like for obvious reasons like i mean people are trying to sell you what they think what they know they can sell but we just thought that we take a slightly different approach and said let's try and make products that we think people will love it each product may not be for everyone it's not going to be that minimum that lowest common denominator like a simple mayo or a mustard or a ketchup like you know we're trying to do something you know a different innovative flavor so everything will not be for everyone but we just trusted that like you know good a good product with good ingredients a good quality good flavors is something that people will gravitate towards so the long way to say i think people were just open to experimentation and i think everyone's i think food is just one of those things like i don't we've never met anyone i've never met anyone who's decided that they've they've already got the best food figured out for the rest of their lives so i mean you always want to try the new restaurant you want to try the new dish you want to try the new product so food is just one of those beautiful things so we just felt that that would work in our favor and it kind of did people were super responsive to that people loved trying new things and eventually you know like the spicing client stumbled upon us first but then it kind of got wider but but that's been a really really gratifying experience i think people just wanting new things is super helpful 
I think the other one is just trying to be, just trying to treat people the way you would want to have been treated. I know it's like a pretty basic thing to say, but like, needless to say, I think we've all had one or two, let's say, uninspirational customer service experiences with various folks in the past. And like one of the things you you find yourself thinking when you're dealing with those situations is if if I was on the other side, I would have done ABC. And like, you know, this is one of those opportunities when you are on the other side. So the idea was just sort of like communicate with people the way you thought you would have liked it. And even if it's like, you know, something that you disagree on, there's nothing that you can't find a way through. So I think that's also definitely helped is just people, you know, maybe appreciating uh, a positive way to resolve things. Yeah, I'm very excited that you're sharing about customer service, the experience and delivering a qualitative experience because not many people talk about that. I come from a service background, so this is very close to my heart. But moving on from there, how has been the, you know, you're a startup, so I have to ask you this. How has been the fundraising experience? And would you like to share like a few tips for other entrepreneurs who are in this space trying to raise funds? Anything that comes to mind that you'd like to share? Yeah, absolutely. I'd say like the the path that's like not rocket science is people like, if you're building something good, I think that definitely helps. Like if you've got a good product, you've got a good team, you've got good experience or or best yet for investors, like if you've got great sales, like these are all things that like people sort of like gravitate towards. And honestly, like fundraising is in many ways, you're finding a partner in every way, you know, in a sense as well. So it's something that, you know, both parties have to be comfortable with. You kind of like, you know, develop a relationship with these people and they're going to be your biggest backers. So, you know, it's something that just happens, you know, you've got to, but you've got to work at it like, like anything else. And I would say if I had to give any piece of advice, and again, this is nothing new, but it's just one of those that like rings more true once you've gone through the process is that everything takes longer than you imagine. So the sooner you start, the better. And whether it's creating a deck, reaching out to people, having discussions, eventually, maybe if you reach like due diligence or something like that, it can all be really time consuming. And when you're also sort of running the business, you you sometimes don't you know, like necessarily plan for all the additional stuff that comes your way as part of the process. So in a nutshell, I'd just say start early and expect that it will take, it'll be more work than you imagined and it'll take longer than you might imagine. Okay, great advice. I would agree with you. That's not one often heard though. You said that people have heard this, but it's not often heard. Usually the advice is uh, expect to hear a lot of no's as well. So I think great advice. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And now coming back to Nagin, I'm sure you have a lot of stories about uh, Nagin, but is there a fun one that you'd like to share with us about Nagin, the audience, clients experiencing it? There's no one maybe, but there's like a series, like a, and, and it's a wide assortment of just, you know, like light moments that that, that come your way. Like, you know, um, in your personal life, like we've, 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 all of our friends will sort of just like, bust out a dance or something when they see you like you know and 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 it's just so funny every time because it's just like shaking your head and just like or laughing along with them and that's sort of like a funny thing that just happens uh casually i think the fun one is also when 
a really good story i think was like when we first sort of decided to to do nagan we were just like so you know so guys are we doing this and then i think just i just responded with like the snake emoji and promptly you know got the same response back from everyone in the whatsapp group and that's been part of the our whatsapp group name for like the longest time and yeah it's just one of those funny things every time you're searching for the group you got to look for the emoji and like yeah it's just one of those it's a weird fun reminder that like you know you're doing something that's like bringing you joy and like you know sort of like a reminder of the moment where it was you know it just sort of started but yeah i don't know if that counts as a single story it's just it brings a smile to my face every time but so far what has been like the best business lesson you've learned again many but something that comes like top of mind i think you have to just get used to being uncomfortable and the second you settle into a routine you know you could probably be doing something more and then in order to do that something more you have to do something different or you have to add like a new layer and each time you're trying to do something different it involves all the setup work required to get it going so i think you have to just embrace being slightly uncomfortable but not in like a really negative way it's not abject misery or anything it's just you have to but embrace the unpredictability of it and like and just enjoy the fact that no two days are ever really the same i mean i think one thing that's like uh, guaranteed when you're running your own business is at least for the most part is it's is really hard like each year is really different and it doesn't feel like you did 20 years but like i repeated the first one 19 times you know like you never have that feeling because the scale the challenges the situation everything is so dynamic that it just keeps you on your toes and you know just sort of like always in a moment like there's something happening so i think the idea is you have to just get used to that it isn't like a you know start at this time end at this time and then just shut off sort of thing i i you know i'm sure there's people who have managed to pull that off and hats off to them but for the most part in the early days that's very difficult very difficult yeah i i don't know how many people are managing to pull that off especially if you're the owner of your business i mean if you look at instagram it looks like a whole bunch of people are managing to pull it off but no no i thought the biggest meme is you exchange your 9 to 5 for a 24 bar 7 or people just i agree with that one absolutely yeah it's the 9 to 5ers who have it good because they can switch off and say i'm done <laughs> right but business is different. but uh, yeah true true absolutely and i think uh, in terms of a business lesson that you learned that's true and it remains like that what's the one thing you wish you knew when you started so you said specifically about uh, the business right like the nagan business in general oh in general i would say i wish i knew the pandemic was coming we would have surely surely made a um, <laughs> a million changes that doesn't count okay cool i think um, i'll cheat a little bit on this one because it's not something like you don't know but it's just one of those where you kind of you figure this out or over the course of the, you know just working on things is when we are when you're doing sort of like a service business sometimes like the agency business for example you could have a particular type of product or like particular design or something at say 7 in the evening and if someone doesn't like it you could spend many hours over the into the wee hours of the morning and 
when someone else wakes up at seven in the morning, you could have something completely different. And it's this amazing thing that like sort of checked all the boxes, but there's not much you can do overnight, like in a product business. Like there's so many different threads to connect, like whether it's, you know, sort of like the actual production of it or the inventory planning or the logistics of it or whatever the case might be. Like there's so much actually going on that to make any really meaning any major meaningful change it takes time and surely in food because you kind of have to maintain certain like hygiene levels and things like that so you can't really just i mean it's not not to undermine anyone else's you know sort of the way it is and in fact i love it but like it's not as simple as change five colors and now we've got five products you know so each one comes with its own own little challenges but I think the idea generally being that it takes time to to effect change. So you try and move as fast as you can every day, but you've got to kind of, you know, be patient and see things develop in front of you. But yeah, that's what I'd say. Okay, sure. That's a good one. And my next, I know I've asked you what's the best business lesson, what do you wish you know, and all of that. What's overrated advice in business? Is there one? Yeah, the most overrated advice. Is this something like general or in applied? I'd say um, uh, when people take follow your passion too literally, I think is like, is is like, because you should follow your passion in the sense that you should do what brings you joy and, you know, stuff like that. But let's just say that there's certain unglamorous tasks that you may not be passionate about, but are absolutely essential to getting anything done. Like, I mean, maybe you're a football player and you you love scoring goals, but you know, that's your passion, but you can't do that if you're unable to run eight kilometers a game. If, if you don't have chemistry with your teammates, if you're not putting in the hard work at the training pitch, like these are unglamorous things that you may not be excited about, but it's re- essential to doing what it is that you actually love. Or like even, you know, like, so I recently got a new, I, I got a puppy, Um, you know, and like, I love the, you know, like, it's great. It's fantastic. And you love everything you love about having a dog, but it, but that means you got to go for walks. It means you got to be responsible to like take them to the vet. Like there's so many things that you don't necessarily, you're not excited about, you know, but it, 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 it's all. So you, I think what I'm trying to say is like, if you take it too literally and you only do the fun things, that's bad advice. But if you're, if, if you appreciate that the joy is in the eventual outcomes, but like you have to enjoy the process a little bit more, like you have to be, you have to convince yourself that the process and the struggle is as much part of the joy of the journey as anything else. And if that's where you are, then absolutely follow every single passion. Like, you know, but until then, I think it's probably good advice to put a little asterisk on that comment and just, you know, yeah, there's some other things involved as well. Yeah, preparing for uh, all the other not fun parts of your, you know, chasing your passion is key. Uh, reminds me with your puppy story of uh, parenting as well. <laughs> so that's another, I mean, you can love being a parent, but there are crazy days and there are hard days. All right. And before we move on to you, I have just one question about Nagin. What's next for Nagin? You're in a really exciting phase at this time. It's still early days, I guess. But uh, what's the next couple of years looking like? Anything that you can share? 
I wish I could make a really good prediction for two years ahead, but I think um, it, it like so much changes on a regular basis. But I think in a nutshell, we've got a whole bunch of exciting new products coming out that we're you know, excited to bring to market later this year and again next year. We, as you can imagine, is part of the, the, the continuing mission of the company to always expand its footprint, like sort of online and offline. So try and get into more stores, kind of, you know, do more, uh, you know, marketing purposes, sharing information with customers, things like that. And then there's some promising export conversations, which we just hope sort of work out. And, and yeah, like, and for the rest of it, I think it would be cool if, if people just followed us and found out, like, I mean, I, we're always happy to share all the goings-ons of whatever's up. Awesome. I'm sure all of that uh, is definitely going to happen uh, for all of you. With that, uh, tell me, you, your experience as a marketer must have helped a lot. Did that help a lot with the, the growing uh, and scaling of Nagin? I think whatever experience you have helps. Like if you if you've ever done budgeting, that's great. If you've ever set up a large scale project, that's awesome. If you've ever had to own team, you know it could be as you know granular as that. That's also awesome. Recruitment experience is great. Like literally anything and everything you could have ever done really helps. So like the more diverse experiences you've had, um, it'll just help you at the early stage of like you know starting. But all that said, like you'll figure everything out. Like if once you got to do it, you'll find a way to make it happen. So there's nothing that you can't put, do if you put your mind to it. Okay. And now for you, that, well, tell me about a day in your life. I know you said it's different. Every day is different. But what does an average day in the life of a Nagin co-founder? I'm saying Nagin again because I still can't get over the name, of course. But um, yeah, what does a day in your life look like? Oh, this is going to be really boring. Maybe, so I think, I think you kind of know where this is going. You wake up, you walk the dog, come back, there's coffee, some emails, go through the work day, finish up again, walk the dog, <laughs> dinner, maybe spend some time with the folks, sometimes fight a losing battle of staying away from screens. But yeah, just try and get some me time at the end of the day and then sort of repeat. All right. And with that, I do have one last question for you. What do you tell yourself? How do you keep going when you hear all those no's and rejections? Maybe even customer complaints or people hated your product. Like, What's your uh, hack for getting yourself back on track and keep going ahead? I think at this point, you've just sort of like heard a lot of them before. So you so you're better at dealing with each one, but each time someone's unhappy, it's kind of like you know it's, it's not a great feeling. But you also understand that at the end of the day, it's food. It is subjective, and you can't please everyone all the time. But each time you get something, you know, like say some feedback that you didn't love about, like that they didn't love about the product, you'll hear something from someone who's just you know it just makes your day. So I mean, I'd say. It, it just balances each other out. I, I think the idea is to not overthink anything too much. Let it sort of trouble you unless it's really great feedback. And then you absolutely should do something about it. So, I mean, I think we look at each one of those as an opportunity to learn something and better understand the different types of folks and perspective out there. 
And I think over time, you just sort of piece enough of this together to just get a better idea of people. But it's not really, it, it just motivates you to do better next time. Like you just want to do, have a better product or like do even better customer service or like deliver it even faster. Or just like all you want to do is just like make customers happy because like that's really why you're doing it. Like if you just wanted to make a hot sauce for yourself, you could probably whip it up in your kitchen and spend your life doing that. But you chose to do it to bring it out to a whole bunch of people. And, and, and yeah, like I said, like, you know, a little earlier also, like you just want to do the things that you love about your own experiences. So like whenever you get great experiences with other brands, with other products, you kind of want to see how much of that you can learn and apply to what you're doing. So I think we just try our best to make everything a learning experience as opposed to, um, you know, just something that to be, you know, down about. Yeah. Great advice. And I think you've been really, uh, you know, open and shared so much with us. And there's so much to take away from this conversation. I'm saying just in general, as an entrepreneur and approach to dealing with the, the daily happenings of entrepreneurship, because it's all high and low and all of that. So thank you so much for your time today and for being with us. Uh, people can find Nagin online, on Amazon, through your website, anywhere else that you recommend? They can check us out in stores. We're in Nature's Basket, Reliance, Food Hall, Ratnadeep, Namdari. Depending on where you are in the country, you'll probably find us at a major grocery chain next to you. And yeah, that's where we are. Thank you so much also for having me. This is excellent. I, you know, I'm, I, I don't know which part of this would be exciting for folks, but I'm really glad that, that you found value in doing this. And like, thank you for, you know, having this conversation this is awesome. Really appreciate it. All of it was filled with value. So thank you. Yeah. So thank you for being here and for this conversation today. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like this episode and you want more, you can go to the show notes on my website, which is successwithsavita.com forward slash podcast. If you like what you've heard so far, I would be grateful to you if you could leave me a five-star review, subscribe to this podcast and share with a friend who may find this useful. You can also follow me on my Instagram at successwithsavita and DM me any questions you may have and I will be happy to answer them for you. Until the next episode, believe in yourself and all the best to your success.